All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Joseph Board Podcast, JV Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, we are available, and episodes are out every single Monday. Today, we are welcoming back a friend of the program for the third time. Yes, the third time we have rising TikTok star, the CEO of Ohio, Sir Yacht. Welcome back to the show. Good, good sir. Dude, welcome back. As I was saying before we started recording, I feel like I should be interviewing you because you've been killing it with the daily dropout. I, Thank you. So, so you know this, but my uh, my girlfriend, is, she scrolls through Facebook all the time and she saw this hilarious video that you happened to be doing one of your spring break interviews. And yeah. Tagged me and I was like, I know this guy. I, I, this is, is nuts. Do you, do you get that a lot? Do you get that a lot now where people are like telling you like random people or like, Oh, my mom just like showed me your video or something. Like I was like, I know him. Like you get that? Yeah. It's really weird. I've gotten some people that like, I, we weren't friends, but like we knew, like we knew of each other. Like we went to the same high school and I've gotten some people that are like, yo, someone tagged me in this or I was scrolling. Facebook is the biggest one. I don't know why my interviews are just all over Facebook, but um, yeah, they're like, I come across it on Facebook and they're like, wait a second, like, I know this guy. So those are always interesting to get. Or it's funny when like older, like not older people, but people in their later 20s or 30s, you know, maybe like parents yeah. and things like that. When we go out um, on some of these trips, especially when we're in Vegas and there's a bunch of guys like on a guy's trip or whatever. And then we're there and they're like, wait, I like I've watched your videos. It's just it's really crazy, surreal, the, the reach of it and where it ends up. And I get some of these DMs and they're, they're people like from like Europe and like all these, like all across the world. It, it really is just, yeah. it's crazy. Dude, it just makes the world so small. So I, I, I'm very happy for you. I, I mean, I know you've, it's been, you've been at it for a little bit, but it's, uh, it's definitely been, I feel like this year it's been especially taking off. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. I, I felt like I've really gotten my, my feet wet and I, we've just kind of, you know, we've done some more trips. We did spring break round two uh, this year, and we even went to Cancun as well. So that was a new place we hadn't been before. We did Mardi Gras, New Orleans, which was great, which was which was just insane. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe yeah. it. That, that place was amazing. So we've def- we've hit some new spots. We're we're gaining we're really gaining traction. So it's uh it's been pretty cool and, and fun to watch. But you you know how it is. I mean, when you start off, you're kind of like all over the place but once you kind of really get your feet wet and find out what you want to do and find that direction and get behind it then then people yeah. start to get behind it as well that's great were you afraid of getting covid in, in new orleans I, well at, at that point looking back on it i'm terrified i'm like how did i survive like literally this was my was hot spot yeah it was and at the time you know it wasn't as big of a deal like we were aware of it but like it, it just no one no one was in panic so i wasn't in panic but now looking back on it i was there for mardi gras which is at the end of february and then i left for cabo 10 days later so i i went new orleans then 10 days later i left for cabo and why i was in cabo is when the nba got shut down and everything and then i already had i like to joke like i was prepared for covid19 because i had all online classes anyways but because of yeah. that they sent me on a second spring break. So everything has been shut down. We're like, is the travel ban going to happen? I flew, I did a week in Cabo, then flew from Cabo to Mexico City to Cancun. And I was in Mexico for two weeks. I was in Mexico from like March like 8th through the 19th. I didn't get back. And when I got back, 
it was a ghost town. It was literally I am legend. It was like going in, stepping back into the United. It was a new world. It was insane. Oh my god! I remember you saying that. I think in the, in, are you tweeting or something like that? Yeah. Like, my god, man, that's that's crazy. It was. It you was. Have to tell that you've been, but sir, I'm, for real, like, you've been killing it. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I don't mean to be interviewing you, but I feel like I, I I need to give you some respect on that. Man. Thank you. I appreciate it. But yeah, like like just one last thing on this. The weirdest thing though is when I don't know if you've been to Mexico. Where have you been outside the country? But like at least where we were in Mexico. Off of these resorts, there's there's no phone reception, so yeah. like when we when I would step off and be on the beach, you know, for four hours, every time I'd step back onto the resort and get back on the Wi-Fi, it was just so crazy because it'd be like all these text messages from friends and family, and then like alerts, ESPN news or whatever. It's like like because so many things were happening, like minute by minute, yeah. it was like this person has it. Tom Hanks, Rudy Gobert, NBA shut down, suspended. Now it's shut down. Like. All these things were happening. Yeah. Like something new was happening every like, just a few hours at a time. And I look at my phone and be like blowing up. Like, my parents are like, "You should probably get home. Like, talk to your boss. Like, what's going on?" And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, "What's going on?" Everything was just business as usual down here. Obviously on spring break, so it was it was kind of terrifying. Dude, I so I've been in Charlotte for the past ten weeks because of this stuff. Working wow. I'm coming back to Cleveland Sunday. I couldn't imagine. Being oh. in a different country, worrying about a travel ban at yeah. point, with a national pandemic that we haven't seen in a hundred years, like the, the magnitude. So I couldn't even imagine the position you were in, man. Oh yeah, yeah, it was weird because, like, like we said, I mean, everything was minute by minute. It's not like you could sense a travel ban coming on. And any, if any of those things happened, it was just it could be like something just in the moment, like. Yeah, we got to do yeah. this. It wasn't like you know you could prepare for it. It's like all right, we got to do this now. Otherwise, it's could be even more detrimental. So, yeah, God, weird. Man. So glad you're all good. Thank you. You as well. Glad everything is good. Here's my question: Should we be calling you Sir Yacht or Joey? Because I saw on Twitter that you're on. We're on the campaign now to get you verified on Twitter, and I just want to let yeah. you know, myself and everyone here at the JV Podcast is on that bandwagon. So we just want to make sure we're helping the cause. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So Sir Yacht's probably good. I hope it's just temporary. It should hopefully in the next couple of weeks, maybe a verification comes about. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? It's so random. And I mean, I might not get it just because of whatever politics or whatever. We need to get you verified though. Yeah. At let's let's I, get us both verified. We'll, we'll run as yeah. a ticket. Can we get dual verification? Is that yes, a thing? Yes. <laughs> The two Joes are running together, man. I love it. We That's right. That. <laughs> it was like after 2016 and they had the like LeBron Irving 2016 campaign shirts. We'll get our yes. own merch going. I like that. Yes. Um, I like that too, man. I like what you're thinking. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're moving in the right direction here. Um, so, oh, oh, I want to ask about this. So I saw your video the other day. Like you mentioned, you've been in Charlotte and you had this video, you and your girlfriend at this super awesome place in a hot tub. <laughs> And you had to tweet, like you were joking, like, oh, yeah, the TikTok money is really coming in nice. Did And then you had to quote tweet, like, people, like, stop and think for a second. Like, th like I'm like, this is a joke. This is like, are you not, are you new here? This is satirical. Were people yeah. actually like, yo, like, oh, my gosh, you're rich off t TikTok. Yeah, I mean, some people are like, like, oh, go flex on when I was like, and then I post like, all right, like. I, some people don't realize, like, I, I mean, I have, I have a little over 60,000 on TikTok right yeah. now, which is nice. It's all happened yeah. in two months, but 
you can't make a living off of 60,000 TikTok no. followers, but especially that living. It's a family friend's house on Lake Norman up in North Carolina. It's beautiful. just a beautiful place. God, it's just unbelievable. So I was joking and I said like, uh, I was like, oh, look where our TikTok money is. Even my girlfriend page, you know, she was like sarcastic, like, oh yeah, TikTok money. Right. I don't know. And then you got all these people and they're like, oh, it's especially now during this pandemic, you think you wouldn't do that. And I'm like, you're right. That's why I didn't do it. It was a joke. I was making fun of people that did it. But yeah, whatever. It was, yeah, it's, I give up. Yeah, throw away. So um, how's the weather been down there? Because I know I've been getting pictures from my mom, like back in Ohio earlier this month. Like if kids were in school, they probably would have had a snow day. Dude, in May, yeah, it was, well, it is May. It, earlier this month, it was snowing. Uh, so for the most part down here, it's been awesome. Yeah. Like we're like 70s, 80s, sunny. Beautiful. The past 10 days, I think it's been like raining. It's been like a monsoon. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, sun's peeking out a little bit right now, but for the most part, it's just been pretty, uh, it's like, I always bring the Cleveland weather with me. Everyone knows it is raining. Like if I'm down in Florida, rain, Colorado, rain. I was in Cali. Uh, beginning of last year it never rains in southern no. california i was in los angeles for a convention it rained three days when i was there for the six days i was there like it just doesn't make i don't know i think i bring the rain wherever i go yeah it probably has not rained in southern california since that's totally unheard of that's unreal dude and it, it, it's i mean they call it like uh gloomy june i think it rains a lot then but i was there in january so i don't get that did you get do you get a lot of rain um where you are no, almost zero. I mean, it might be, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy. There, there's no rain. We kind of get that monsoon season where it gets a little bit more humid. That's kind of like June, July, August, um, especially July, I feel like. And it usually doesn't rain during the day, but sometimes we'll get some wicked thunderstorms like during the night, which is kind of cool to, to see because we never see it out here. It's like, it's like 350 days at least of sunshine. It's, it's unreal. Oh my God. I mean, that's great. Like, man, I know water's, water's important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least in our area, but Arizona is just a crazy state. Not as great, you know, not as crazy as California, but we're similar to where, you know, where we are, it's always really nice and really warm. But if you go up North, it's beautiful. Yeah. There's skiing and there's just, um, you know, like all these States out this way, you know, there, you can almost get everything. You could, you know, see several, you know, three different seasons, almost all the different seasons at one point yeah, in different parts of the state. It gets this stigma, at least for me, that it's just like sunny and dry. But you're right. You definitely can experience it if you go more up north. Right. I, I, I didn't know that for a little bit. So that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. But I know if it ever next time it rains in Phoenix, I'm going to call you and be like, are you here? It's it's raining. What the hell? Like, you need yeah, to leave. Yeah. It's going to be because of me, man. I'm telling you. I, I, I've been trying to make a trip. Front, like, trip, like, uh, plane flights on Frontier from Cleveland to Phoenix nonstop for like 100 bucks. Like, yeah. you can get them for 100 bucks. Right. So I've been thinking about it. So we'll see if I pull the trigger eventually. That's great. All right. Let's talk some more TikTok here because I I, I, I want to talk about these. You're pretty much a legend on the platform for all of us Ohioans and like Midwesterners everywhere because <laughs> I, I love it. And personally, I love them. And then I love to quote Daniel Tosh, too, because, he, you know, he says it's not a stereotype if it's true. And, you know, they're, all, all of these yeah. are true. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you begin. Yeah, so yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no. So, yeah, I, I, I started getting into a lot of these uh, stereotype videos. I did them with my – because my Twitter account, I mostly do, you know, things that are related to Cleveland sports. And I was trying to find my way on TikTok. I 
I was like, well, there's such an opportunity here because it's literally like the only app where people are only on there to consume content. You can create an organic following out of nothing. So I was doing some Cleveland stuff originally. I was just reposting things from Twitter. I'm like, I got to do something that's just focused on TikTok. So I said Ohio, Ohio memes were becoming super popular and they still are now. So I started doing like my version of like Ohio stuff, Midwest stuff. And yeah, it's been kind of taken off the past two and a half months. But this, you're right though about the stereotypes. A lot of people are like, yeah, it's, and that, those are actually true. And I'm like, I know, but if I say they're true, I actually I might offend some people. So. Right. Yeah. And what I love is to, you know, they're, they're so relatable, but you know, the reason why they take off and they're popular is because like I said, they're relatable because people are like, oh my gosh, I know that person or even more so what's even funnier. What I think is the best is they have to like look in the mirror. They're like, oh my gosh. I am that person. I am that person on 71 yeah. that sees 70 and I'm just setting the cruise like at 95 and I'm like still the slowest one. <laughs> it's true. And I, and that, and you're right. I mean, um, when I try and, I mean, when I'm, when I'm in a slump or something or I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what's working and what's not, it, it goes back to relatability of all those videos that do particularly well on my platform or because people can tie in. I've had things because of, I've done like a college football stereotype when I've done Ohio colleges. And what's great about that is everybody shares it because people are so tied into where they go to, they right. go to college, where they go to high school, what teams they root for though. It's just their passion. So if you can connect to that and do it on a national level, that's, that's what I've been trying to do and, and try to keep going. Yeah, that, that's great. I was out with some friends the other night cause Arizona is like very, very much open. It's kind of crazy and weird, yeah. but yeah. Um, we were doing kind of like, I don't know if you've been out here or, you know, I guess you really haven't, but old town Scottsdale, like where I do most of the interviews when we're local here in Arizona, it's very kind of super superficial, you know, you know, kind of, it's not a great vibe. It's great for the interviews. I personally don't like going out as a consumer there, but we were just doing stereotypes and we were just cracking up because, you know, we see these people all the time and I, and especially me because I'm out there kind of in the I'm I don't go in anywhere but I'm outside and it's basically this this big block party right so everything's within yeah. walking distance everything's right there and I'm just observing I'm kind of just like on an axis and just tilting 360 like the Ron Swanson like uh, his new desk style where you can just go all the way around and I'm just taking this all in it's like you know here are these girls who are basically gold diggers you know sugar daddies and then you got the guys who like go out on Wednesday or like the old creepy guys that think girls would just want to sleep with them because they have a table. Like, no, like that's just not how it works. Like just guys like that, you know, like, like, man, like, you know, your 05 Banana Republic button down isn't as sick as you think. Like you kind of need <laughs> an update. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so we were just going through those the other day. I'm like, stereotypes are just the best thing because they're true. There's nothing better than just observational like people watching comedy in whatever form it is it's just amazing because they're like oh my god that is this person and in when those things happen stand up your tiktoks whatever it is you're picturing that person that they're describing in your head and that's and everyone and it's so funny you have a crowd of people right or you know people scrolling yeah. through tiktok and there's thousands of people you know there's thousands of different people that you're describing and, and, and it's all like specific to, to who's consuming it because they know that different person. And I think that's it's just awesome if you think about it like that. No, dude, you're right. And, and the it's so crazy to think about how many I mean, that platform is just 
insane. I mean, instantly people like thousands and hundreds of thousands of people can watch your stuff and like it. And it just, it blows my mind. I mean, I have to turn the notifications off. I'm sure yeah. you guys do the same thing. If you're looking at daily dropout stuff on Facebook. What's great about what you do though, is that, you know, you, the content for you, I feel like is like just created because you, you find the craziest people out in Scottsdale or in Mardi Gras or Gabo yeah. or whatever. And, and what's perfect is your reaction to them is just because you're just either baffled or you're just laughing or trying to keep it together for the sake of the content. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just very refreshing. I enjoy it. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, It's like I compare it to I heard uh, Chris Harrison, who's the host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, all that stuff talked about one time you know he's like you know when he's talking about the crazy people that are on there he's like you know we don't have to go out and seek out the crazy people the type of people who apply to be on this show like if you take that factor and multiply it by you know basically them being lab rats and being you know in this mansion but they're living in close quarters and they're cut off from the outside world the environment plus the type of person that applies for the for things like that like it just kind of happens naturally. And I feel like that's the same way with the interviews. Like we can kind of yeah. ask wh- yeah. whatever. And if we show up in the right place, we're going to get what we want, what we're going for. <laughs> Dude, uh, so speaking of the, the bachelor, do you see who might be the next uh, contestant or like a contestant later on? Uh-uh, or like who? the host? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Really? A couple people. I don't know how official it is, but I think – Cause they're just like, uh, uh, there's been some reports and usually if you float things out like that, they're not like just rumors. I mean, cause they're like, he'd be the perfect contestant for it. Cause he, you know, he's a handsome guy and he's right. out on the West coast and he's kind of got that charisma and personality. I don't know. I think I would probably tune in to watch. I, I watched, I watched love is blind. I, I don't watch the bachelor bachelorette. I watched uh, love is blind, but I don't know. It's, I think, I think it'd be great too. Cause you get more of a poll from NFL uh, fans as well. So I don't know. I was curious if you heard that. I thought it was pretty interesting. I had not heard that, but I'm all for it. So all these guys who say they're former <laughs> NFL players, they can actually get a real athlete on the show for once. Yeah. I mean, it'd be crazy if they could get him during the off season. Yeah. That, that, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, how that all works, but it might not be for a while, but yeah, you know, I feel like, still, still yeah, cool. I feel like Kyle Shanahan was like, I already dealt with Manziel. I'm not letting this guy go on a dating show for 10 weeks. Like what the yeah. hell? Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, he went to a Super Bowl this past year. I know he didn't do necessarily a whole lot when he was there, but God, I I, I still don't. We can go down this rabbit hole of tangents forever if you want. But Johnny Manziel, I still can't believe he came to Cleveland and was out of the league after two years. Like he never even went anywhere else. I mean, people don't talk about that. I mean, that might because people always are like, oh, Ryan Leaf is like the biggest bust in NFL history. Like all these guys, like he might be the biggest bust in NFL history for him being drafted first round and being out of the league in two years. It's not a good look. Right. And almost never, never to be, I mean, he's never going to be back. I mean, it's like less than a 1% chance. No, and he's, a, he's one of those trust fund babies, like you were saying. His family's got oil money and whatever. He doesn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. So good for him, but yeah, wasted career, wasted career. Yeah, he did tweet the uh, like not too long ago. He was like, yeah, I guess he was in town. He's like, Scottsdale is such a vibe. I'm like, Johnny, where were you at? Why were you not on the interview? Oh, of course he was there. My God, you're yeah, this- totally right, dude. The people, God, he he is just the perfect Scottsdale uh, tourist, right? Whatever you want. My God, if you would have been able to interview him, that would have been awesome. I wish that would have happened. Yeah, and you know he he'd be the guy to do it. He'd be like, yeah, let's do this. I'm I'm down for it. I'll be with it. Yeah, yeah. 
he, I mean, he wants relevancy right now. So yeah, and you got the platform to do it. So I don't see why not. Yeah, I'd be happy to give it to him. I love Johnny. I've watched every game he played in college. I was ecstatic when we drafted him, but obviously it was just awful. Yeah, dude, I had I had a memory from Facebook. Was it six years ago? Six years ago, and I was like so pumped because my Johnny Manziel jersey came in. And I was pointing in the back where it has. Six years ago, I think it was like yesterday. I was like, my God, this is so depressing. Like, I can't believe that was like a time of my life. And now people are like doubting Baker Mayfield. I'm like, all right, well, this guy, we gave Johnny Manziel all this chance, even when he wasn't on the team anymore. Like, come on. Yeah. Stop comparing him. Absolutely. When when we drafted Manziel, I, I was a junior, sophomore, sophomore in high school, I think. And sure. I, I we played a baseball game. Um up at uh, I think Tiffin Columbian, which is like 45 minutes an hour bus ride from from where I went to high school, and we, we right. drove back and we got back just in time. We were watching the draft on someone's phone, and it's the whole story starts on the bus. We drafted just we traded back. We drafted Justin Gilbert. I'm on the bus. Yeah. And my coach was cracking up. I was so mad. I never really blow up. I'm like, who the f is Justin Gilbert? You gotta be effing kidding me! Like just and my coach is just cracking up. And then we find, by the time we make it back home, it's right in time for the Browns to trade up to where they were at 22 or wherever they took them. And they took them, and my room was right by um, the stairs, like right outside of my room is like two, like five feet, and then stairs. And I'm jumping up and down, and I like jumped, I jumped up, but I jumped too far, and I end up falling down the stairs, and I like sliced my toe open, like broke my toe, and I was like too, what? Ter- yeah. I was too terrified to tell my baseball coach because he's going to be so pissed at me. And literally, like, the next day we had, like, a game. And then we had – or the next day, so that would have been on a Thursday. Friday we had a game, and Saturday we had a doubleheader. And, like, me as a baseball player, I couldn't hit, but I was fast. So, basically, I was useless because I couldn't run. And he's, like – and he's, like, trying to get me to run and to steal. And I'm, like, I can't – like, I can't do it. Like, I, I was just telling him, I'm like, yeah, my hamstring's a little tight. Or whatever, but I I broke my t- like sliced my toe open and like pretty much broke my toe because the Browns drafted Manziel. Oh my God, Johnny Manziel literally destroyed your junior sophomore year <laughs> baseball career. It my did. God, man, what a story! Yeah, it was a crazy I, that's story. How that's how excited people were. Yes. I was so excited. I hit my I hit my head on my my basement ceiling was really low. I, I was back from yep. uh, back from college. I was uh, getting wine drunk just because I had nothing to do. And I jumped up really high and hit my head in the ceiling. Yeah. And I probably concussed myself because of Johnny Manziel. So he's, yeah. he's injuring all these people. I know. He is. Uh, one story about him. Yeah. One story I heard about him that no one really knows. So I had a friend over at a family friend over at a country club in, in Avon on the west side of Cleveland. That's where Johnny Manziel lived. He lived on a, a golf course his two years in Cleveland. And he said one time to me, I was, I was meeting with him at the country club. He said, hey, you look at, you see that hole? Whole, uh, whole 16. I was like, yeah, the one with the pond. He's like, yeah, Johnny Manziel, like on multiple occasions would be drunk as hell, barefoot fishing in that pond when people were golfing. I swear. I swear I to God. It. I believe it. I was like, no way. And I didn't see a problem with it. I didn't see. And I was just like, whatever. That's just Johnny being Johnny. Right. Do you want to? Yeah. The future of the Browns right there. You want to hear cow. an even – I have an even crazier Manziel story. So out here there was okay. – um, so out here at Saguaro High School is a really good football high school here in Arizona. And there was this kid who I'm friends with. We were fraternity brothers, and he plays for Arizona State. And he was teammates or was within school with 
I forget who it was, but he ended up going to Texas A&M. And on his visit, on this guy's visit that he played football with here in Arizona, these guys who were like, you know, I don't even know what you call them, the hosts for the weekend. So some guys that were at Texas A&M, they were showing these recruits around, showed them, sure, this, sure. Showed them this video and story of Johnny Manziel at the Chick-fil-A Bowl, his last game, remember against Duke, where he literally had a whole top 10 reel to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was crazy, right? So after the first half, they were playing like crap. Duke was smashing them. And he comes in the locker room, Johnny Manziel, these guys were telling the story, pulled out, uh, I forget what it was, like Jack Daniels, or I think it was Fireball, Fireball, like at his locker and was just rip, like just ripping it. And Kevin Sumlin, their coach, did like not even flinch. And Manziel went out there with Fireball in his stomach in the second half and just lit up Duke. What? Yeah. What? Imagine how much disrespect you have for a football program where it doesn't even cross your mind that you're just chugging fire. Dude, chugging fireball is not the move. I have no. blacked out a couple of times just just taking polls during a, a house party. My, and my God. It's dangerous. Dude, I mean, that like my stomach would be on fire. Like I have to go out and play. Think, oh, dude. Like, just thinking about it now just makes it hurt. I I, I don't mind fireball either, but yeah. God, you just did not do that, especially during a game. But I, it just cracks uh, me up that like it's Johnny Menzel, and he goes out in the second half and does what he does to win the game in his last college game. And knowing that now, and going back and looking back on it, I'm like, this guy is this is insane. Yeah, it's like hearing about Josh Gordon when he was like that 2014 season or whatever, 2013. He mm -hmm. was drunk and high every game and just lit up the league most receiving yards ever yeah. for 14 games i dude i i don't i, I hope this goes viral so and i so people can i don't know if johnny manzel stories go popular or something maybe it'll start here but yeah holy, we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll have to tag that get savage. In. Kind of yeah. messed up, that's kind of savage too right no it, it is big time did you ever listen to go ahead go ahead oh no, no just one last thing so it just makes it just mind. I'm so mind boggled because of, I mean, when we drafted Justin Gilbert, like you said, right? They didn't even talk to him. The Browns didn't even say words to him. They just like they didn't interview him. They didn't do any due diligence, and that makes you believe that they probably didn't do anything. Because if they would have found out all these things that Johnny did that didn't even surface onto the news, right? Like, and they wouldn't be that hard. All you got to do is interview like people that are close, coaches and whatever. There's no way he would have been drafted. Holy cow! Yeah, exact. That's exactly right. And I and I I, I feel confident now that the people that are with the Browns, uh, there there will be no nothing more like that. And even now, it's only a few years later, but it's way tougher to get away with. It's impossible to get away with anything now. There was social media back then, but it's even di more so different now. It's amplified now. You're right. Um, let's see what else do we got here. I, I love this. Um, oh, <laughs> one last thing with the stereotypes. I am a yep. huge, huge guy on this. I'm a huge, you know, I, I will admit it. I say Ope all the time. Are you an Oper? Dude, I say it. I, I, and I had no idea I said it my entire yes. life. I would, yes. Because, like, I don't say Ope. Who does that? And then immediately you're about to get cut off by somebody. Like, oh, I'm sorry. And, like, it, but you say it so fast that you don't, you're, you don't even realize that you're saying it. And I probably say it a hundred times a day. And it's, yeah. I'm a huge over myself, but it's, it's such a stereotype here. And there's, I mean, there other places do it too, but man, it, I mean, it's so funny how it's just, it's like this whole region up in the Midwest. Right. It's, yeah. And it means everything too. You can use it for anything. Yeah. yeah. It. A few years ago I saw on Twitter, like, you know, Midwestern people love saying, Oh, or it was just like a Midwestern 
like Twitter account yeah. and the tweet was just Ope and it just went viral because of course it's the internet. But I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't say that. Like go to hell, like no, no way. And then one time I yeah. said it and I caught myself for the first time in my life, I'm 20 years old, I finally caught myself saying it. And then I think back, I'm like, oh my God, I, yes, exactly. I've been saying this my entire life. I was literally at <laughs> a, a tailgate here at ASU before one of the games and one of my friends, uh, she's from Iowa, so we have a lot of Midwestern, like I'm pretty sure she's the one that sent me the tweet or I sent it to her. We both followed this like Midwestern Twitter account. And, and and I went up to her, I like grabbed her in a panic attack. I'm like, help, I can't quit saying, oh, you gotta help me. She goes, I can't help you and you know that I can't. Like, it's just like stuff like that is just amazing. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, you'll never get away from me either. You can't, it's, it's in your blood, man. I, yeah, I never realized it. That's that's so funny. Yeah, let's uh, let's do some Browns talk. I want to start with the the Hugh Jackson cameo that we saw the other day. So, yeah. did you order that? Was that a gift? And are you you and Reflog have to be his only customers? Who else is ordering a cameo for fifty five dollars from Hugh Jackson? Dude, I don't know. I saw some like a year ago that when he first started, and I was so confused because that was the first time I've ever heard of Cameo. So I was just wondering why he was making videos about random people. And I saw probably four or five, and I was like, all right, something's up. And I didn't. And Cameo is such a great app because it gives you know these people a, a platform to talk to people. And if you want to talk to a celebrity, you can. I, I ordered my second one yesterday for my girlfriend. Uh, some uh, James Pickett Jr. He plays the chief of surgery, Doctor Weber from Grey's Anatomy. Cool. And she's going to med school, so I got her a med school gift of yes. her him saying good luck. It's a great app, but yeah, yeah I was confused. And, and maybe Reflog and I are the only people that are his customers. Um, but but what he is doing though, I, I just not to shade him too much. All that money I paid sixty dollars for, which is like. I was just really bored. I, it was a bad, like, 1 a.m. decision. And I was like, I think I'll make a cameo about you. And I wanted him to tell Browns fans to not drink bleach. So, and he did. I I, I, I told the to shade Freddie Kitchens, and he didn't do that. Yeah. He just was like, I appreciate the words you said to me. I was very kind. He didn't shade Freddie Kitchens, like I said. But 100% of the proceeds that he has from that, um, all those cameos, go to his uh, foundation for anti-human trafficking, which is pretty oh, cool. cool. But, because people are like, oh, he's such a sellout. And I'm like, well... Yeah, he is a sellout, but he also uh, is doing it for a good. Because everyone's like, "Oh, did he already run out of money?" It's like, no. Like the Browns are still paying him. I think they're still paying him right now. I yeah, I know. think so. Yeah, those contracts are usually like four years or something. Yeah, and if you end it early, you get, there's some. Yeah. I don't know. There's some buyout thing where you just give them monthly installments, monthly payments, and stuff. So I don't really know how it works, but I. I I know he's doing quite well, so he doesn't need that camera yeah. money. But it's I thought I, I saw um, my friend John Hilbury, he's on Twitter, he did one for people telling Hugh Jackson to follow him. So I've always wanted to do that, especially since I've kind of made some videos about Hugh and I like I jump in Lake Erie a bunch of times because of him. Right. It, yeah, it is funny. He's he's a good guy. I mean he did it though. He's a good guy and he, he went up above and beyond, but yeah, he did. It was, it was yeah. good. Do you think that there's like a round table of Cleveland coaches, kind of like all the business owners and the Scranton business park in the office where they kind of all assemble and it's all the coaches that are still getting paid by Cleveland teams. It's like Mike Brown, John Beeline, Freddie Kitchens, and like Brown, all those guys. Man. What is average? I met Mike Brown twice. He's a very nice guy. I man. love I'm Mike Brown. Happy. Dude, he's the man. He's. I wish he wasn't on the Warriors, unfortunately, yeah. but he uh, – yeah, dude, and that was I – mean, he got fired twice because of LeBron. Yeah. One on the way out and one on the way in. 
But he but, was always a class act. He handled himself really well. Yeah. He came to our high school basketball team and talked. And then when, I, when he first was a coach here in his first stint, I uh, almost I was going to get an autograph with him, but my pen ran out of ink. Like, he's like, I'll get you next time. And I was like, I'll never see you again. No, actually, I did see him again, but I didn't get an autograph mm. with myself. But he's a nice guy. Yeah, that's cool. Speaking of Hugh Jackson, again, I hate to keep bringing him up, but I almost had nightmares I almost had to pull like uh, remember in the beginning of Happy Gilmore when he talks about his mom like moved to Egypt like as far away as she could from a hockey rink. I almost had to do that yeah. with a football field because it was rumored Hugh Jackson because he's boys with Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis. I heard that. Yeah, and, and Marvin Lewis is an offensive analyst for us, and like Ray Anderson, our AD, Herm Edwards, and Marvin Lewis, like they're all tight, and like Hugh Jackson was rumored to be like a consideration for the offensive coordinator. I'm like, can I not escape this guy? No, dude, and I, I well, I thought it was official, and I, I, I thought until up until like maybe two months ago that he was already oh, on there because God, that's man. how it was floating around. I was just like, oh, it's, I, I just assumed it happened. But yeah, dude, I'd be praying for you. I mean, you'd be, man, I love, love you, but I would never. I mean, if he was there and he went to you, I would. I, I, I bring the rain. You bring Hugh Jackson. Which yeah. one loses? I lose. You. I lose every single time. I think we lose there, but I'm so I'm glad for your sake it didn't happen. Let's say they play football this year. We have a full season in whatever capacity, fans, no fans, some fans, split, yeah. whatever it is. Let's just say they play a full 16-game season. We have football. What do you think is realistic for the Browns? Because, I mean, you have to consider, you know, there's new, there's pretty much a whole new staff, new system, new players, and the weirdest offseason of all time. What do you think is realistic for this Browns team, who once again on paper – is loaded and I think you know on paper they're more of a team than in a than like you know um a collection of talent you know kind of compared to what they were last year yeah so that's a great question um so just comparatively to last year I, I had them being like 12 and 4 you know I was pretty just you know hype and I because everybody didn't really know that Freddie Kitchens wasn't the reason that the offense was doing so well I think it was because of Ken Zampis or whoever the quarterback coach was right. he was kind of calling the plays and Freddie was just like the guy with the headset but I'm thinking 10 and 6 this year. One, what really helps is that they're adding a playoff team from each conference. So there's seven teams instead of six, 14 total. Um, so that really helps. I mean, you've got, you can have everybody from the AFC North make the playoffs right. if they had the three wild cards. So that gives us a chance. I like Kevin Stefanski a lot. He was the guy I wanted to hire um, because he's so good with play action. And right. like that's just his like bread and butter. And Baker Mayfield is that's his bread and butter too. I mean, he's just way more successful when he has play action plays and Freddie did none of that. And Stavansky made Kirk Cousins in Minnesota look like, God, I don't know, like Aaron Rodgers. Like he made right. him look like a stud and he got that dude paid. So I think Baker's a little more, um, he has a lot more talent than Kirk Cousins does. So I'd like to see him do very well. And he's got a pretty good offensive line. I mean, that was the issue. I mean, what was so good with Baker's first year is that he was able to get rid of the ball in like a second. And now like you have, well, last year you had Freddie Kitchens running all these plays where the OBJ and Jarvis would be running vertical routes. And, and that's just, that wasn't working. Like that didn't work his rookie year. Like that's not why they were successful. So they did that. And I think the offensive line will give us some more time. And I think there'll be better play calls, you know, like quick slants and things like that. And maybe Baker can throw it down the field, but then you got Nick Chubb coming back. On, I mean, his social media has just been on fire. It has. I, I'm like, yeah. what is this Nick Chubb? Who's running this? Because, like, when he was talking about the Lamborghini thing the other day. Dude, 
I was like, savage. Yeah. Like, you ever see Lamborghini ads? They speak for themselves, or yeah. whatever. And Baker came out yesterday and said, uh, "We're gonna move in silence." And everybody's like, "Baker's like lasagna because real cheese move in silence, or whatever." So I, I like that. I think Cream Hunt. I'm glad Cream Hunt's back. We got Austin Hooper, uh, Jedrick Wills, Con. I mean, that dude, that offense is unbelievable. And yeah. OBJ is not gonna be injured. He played right. with the injured hernia all year, or after hernia surgery, and then he had two torn abs that he got surgery on after the year. Yeah. He's and, La- and Landry, we found out, was pretty banged up too. Yeah, yeah. So I like – so the defense I'm a little concerned about. I mean, that that defensive line is going to be great. I don't think they're going to get clowning, which is unfortunate. I think I'm going to make a video of that tonight. Hopefully it does well. But I, the defense is going to be good. It's not going to be great. But the thing is, only one side of the ball plays at a time. If you are a good offense and you can drive down the field, and a lot of these short plays, which the Browns are known for in 2018, you know, they had a lot of possession of the play clock. If you can keep that possession up, you keep your defense off the field, they're rested. You give them a better chance of going out there and playing against the opposing offense. So I like it. I'm going to say 10-6. and six. I'm going to say a wild card um, just to be on the safe side. I like that. You know, one, one thing I will give the Browns credit for, and this is something that I can't remember my entire lifetime, is one word that we heard a lot, you know, going into the coach search and all, and all and the GM search and all that stuff. They wanted, they talked about alignment a lot. That was a word that was thrown out there. Yeah, and, that was a buzzword. Yeah, and, and I feel like they actually have alignment. Like, uh, D. Podesta was running the coaching search, and, you know, we found out last year he wanted Stefanski. He didn't get him, but he got him this year. So there's alignment. And then Barry was the name tied to Stefanski and Deep Podesta and everything. They got Barry. Yeah. So it really seems, you know, the Browns so far, especially there at the, you know, working, you know, from the top down, so far they have alignment. And they brought in a coach, you know, that has a system and kind of a belief um, it, it, uh, that, you know, fits, like you mentioned, Baker Mayfield, you know, talking about the play action, utilizing yeah. the run game, play, uh, you know, the fullbacks. And all of that stuff. I mean, the guys that they've brought in, it just seems like, you know, because like you said, we have, we had a bad offensive line. Throwing the ball down the field and vertical and going all crazy isn't really Baker's mo, especially now with that bad of an O line. It's like, well, this just isn't going to work. Not because the concepts or the play calls were bad. Maybe they were, and they probably were. But like, we we don't have like that's not the personnel. Like, know your personnel. Like, that's not. You know, th- there's no alignment. There's just there's no identity there. That's why you know you heard about Jarvis was like you know we never really felt like we were on the right page, like a game plan, like outside of like the first 10, 15 scripted plays. There never really seemed to be a plan. Everyone was kind of off in you know different areas. There was nothing like a stat, you know, established direction. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're 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 hitting it on the head right there with that. I what I'm what I really like is Stefanski is only 37. So you got a young guy in there that's a new offensive mind. He made Kirk Cousins look really good. And there's this trend of coaches that are a lot younger, Matt LaFleur, um, Sean McVay. You have all these younger coaches coming in and kind of revamping the league. And then Andrew Barry is 32 years old. There are a lot of people in the Colts from articles I read. I know Pat McAfee when he played for the Colts, they wanted him as their GM when he was like 26, 27. The dude is an absolute stud, um, just a complete genius offensive mind. I mean, he was with the Browns when they went 0-16, but I don't know how big his role was when he was there. But they um, they, they wanted this guy, and they wanted Stefanski, and you're right. The alignment was a huge buzzword that came up, and it just kind of makes sense. I mean, you got – I mean, because what people like about Dorsey is like, oh, he's a football guy. He's not analytics. and. 
I liked a lot of Dorsey's moves, but then he also kind of held people captive. Like he wouldn't play with Shark Higgins and David Njoku because he didn't draft him or whatever, for whatever reason. And then he kind of had Freddie Kitchens as his pawn. Well, now we have Kevin Stefanski, who's kind of a proven offensive coordinator, who seems pretty reserved, smart. And then you're pairing him with Andrew Barry, who's a proven GM, who's been here before and knows the system. So I like it a lot. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, if, they don't win with this set. I mean, there's literally not a weakness on offense. There's not a weakness in the front office. If they don't win here, I, I think it's ultimately because we are cursed and we are not allowed to win even if we have talent. So. I agree. I agree. And my favorite thing about Stefanski is, and I think it was in his introductory press conference, they asked him about, obviously, and you knew he was going to get asked. He's the offensive coordinator, that's a, offensive coordinator that's a head coach now. Is he going to call the plays? And I loved his answer, and it seemed very honest. He was like, I don't know. We're going to bring someone in. And if it's the best for the team, if it's going to give us the best chance to win for me to call the plays, then I'm going to call the plays. If it's the best chance for us to win, if the offensive coordinator that we bring in calls the plays, then that's what we're going to do. Now, whether he means that or not, we'll see. You know, that's tough. You know, you can say good things and we know we'll see how it is in the moment. But, um, you know, so far, you know, I, I should, you know, there's nothing that's like steering me away from believing and trusting in Kevin Stefanski. So, you know, I, you know, just hearing something like that, just that mindset um, you know, was something that I was really excited to hear right off the bat in his uh, introductory press conference. I like that too. And, and obviously Hugh Jackson really wanted to call the plays. He wanted control, wouldn't give it over to Todd Haley. Um, Freddie Kitchens didn't do it last year. I mean, he called the plays last year. He, he wouldn't relinquish that. So I like that attitude of, you know, if it's better for the team, you know, I, I want, I think we'll have the guy that can be hired call them, but I wouldn't mind him calling it because I think he's just that genius of an offensive mind. Absolutely. I want to ask you before we wrap up, I want to ask you this. If okay. you could roast, because you've been doing a lot of roasts, any celebrity or athlete on Twitter and have them fire back at you, get into a little back and forth beef. If you could have, if you could do make a roast about any, anybody and they're going to fire back at you, who would be that dream roast, that dream uh, scenario? I uh, dream on Green. Ah, I think yeah. that would be an ultimate trash talk, and he's got the platforms uninterrupted and other things to be able to do that. See, that's why I want to have the verification check because people on Twitter, you know, you have your notifications, your mentions, then you have your ver verified notifications. So most of the people don't even look at the other ones because they know a lot of them are just going to be spam and people hating on them. But if you have a thing that's just verified people notified that it gives you a little more credibility and they'll look at it and they'll have a better chance of me responding or sure. uh, for a better chance of me getting a response from them. So, and I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to get a couple people like Eric B. Brown from the Steelers, Tyler Boyd from the Bengals respond and a couple other people do that. But if it's, that's why I think it's a wrap if I get this verified thing, I don't know if I deserve it or not, but. Yeah, I think Draymond Green, just because he's such a trash talker and he has the platform to be able to clap back and he loves just doing it. Um, and and it, I don't know, because I, I do a lot of roasts and stuff and it's either on people that won't respond or it's people that don't make content and have a lot less followers. So I would really welcome somebody making a, a roast a roast back at me. And I think, yeah, Draymond Green would just be awesome. Because I, be I awesome. don't like him at all. No, I don't like him either. Speaking of Draymond, because I feel like this gets brought up a lot, like him getting suspended, especially since this Jordan doc came out. Do people forget? Now, tell me if I'm wrong here, but if my memory serves me right, the reason he got suspended was, like, obviously he took a shot at LeBron, but they, they go back and look at those things, right? It wasn't, he wasn't given a flagrant foul that night, but they go back and review all those things. 
He was given a flagrant foul after the review, and he got suspended not because he went out, you know, swiped at LeBron, but it's because they, they gave him a flagrant foul, and he was over the flagrant foul limit, and by rule, you get suspended. Like, what were they supposed to do? There's no, yes, thank you. Say it louder for the people in the back. Like, there, there's nothing you can do. It says in the rule book that if you are over the limit for flagrant fouls, you are suspended one game. So if he it just, wasn't an opinion. Yeah, yeah, so if he it's just, like, one less kick to the nuts of Steven Adams, and he would have gotten a flagrant yes. foul, and he still would have played. So maybe if he wasn't flailing and taking people out the first three rounds and doing whatever he was doing, he never would have been in that situation or getting technical fouls. I don't know if those like get like lumped in together and, and into a number that you can't go over, but it's like, if he just would have had one less, you know, just would, one less stupid selfish thing. Cause really, you what? know, flagrant fouls are tough, but technical fouls for the most part are selfish. If he just would have had one less, they, he would have what? played and maybe it was different. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, people are defending like it's not a flagrant. And you're telling me you hit somebody up and purposely. I mean, you, it's clear that it was purpose, purposeful. You hit him in, in the nuts, and it's not a flagrant foul. I don't know how you defend that. And right. if you just done one last thing, like, it it blows my mind. It blows my mind. And he, But he was there for game seven. So yeah, they lost on the road in game six. But you come back to your place on game seven where you lost one regular season game. You had a 73-9 and nine season. And people are like, oh, Andrew Bogo is out. We had some injuries. It's like your core, the people that actually mattered, that, I mean, Andrew Bogo was not that big of a factor in that finals. So for them to just defend that is, oh, God. Dude. Right. It's, well, don't, don't even do that. Because they won three championships. They won three championships, and they are still hung up on that one. And I that's because uh, the 2015 one is because we were injured. And then 2017, 2018, obviously, or, yeah, obviously it was because – they had Kevin Durant, and no one could beat him. Yeah. So 2017, I think that team is better for the Cavs than the 2016 team. I think that was one of the greatest teams of all time, and they just happened to go up against a team that had Kevin Durant on it. So Right. Dude, as yeah. people but are like, so dumb. I know, but don't go, you know, like, okay, Draymond was there for game seven, but don't go, like, you can't go at Draymond because Draymond, in terms of his efficiency, now he didn't have the shot, he didn't have the block, but in terms of his numbers, because – I think he played the best game in that game seven. Don't go out. You know, Draymond got suspended, but he was there for the last two games and he showed up. So go after Steph, the MVP for not showing up in game seven. Cause Draymond did, he played the best game in terms of numbers out of anybody in yeah, game seven. They left him open on the three point line. And I think he had like 32 points. I mean, he was dominant. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, exactly. Steph Curry, he gets all this, you know, praise and, you know, he's better than whatever, but he doesn't show up in the big moments. I mean, he'll show up like, in regular season games and maybe some playoff games, but not in the NBA Finals. My favorite memory of him, I mean, there's that, like, gift that's, like, edited with, like, the Larry O'Brien trophy instead of a basketball and Steph's throwing it behind his yep. back and basically just giving away the championship. Yep. I mean, it's true. Like, they were so cocky that, that year that it was it was their downfall. Like, they would just, you know, just didn't care about anything. And, you know, they feel like they get away with anything and say anything and do anything and still be good. So yeah. that was ultimately their downfall. Yeah, and it was glorious. It was awesome. Yeah, and they're still thinking about it today, even though they won three championships in that time span. So I they, love it. They sure and are. That one means the most. Yeah. Yep. So, Sir Yacht, um, as we wrap this up, tell people where they can check out all of your stuff, and then what anything that's cooking, what's coming up next, what can people expect from you? Okay, so I actually forgot to bring this up. But yeah. I am in the works 
to sign a little brand deal with Johnsonville. They make the broad sausages yeah. and things like that. So I'm going to do a couple of TikToks for them. We're working on a contract today and tomorrow. Great. So that's really exciting. It's kind of my first little like brand deal thing. It's only a few videos, but I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I'll be back in Cleveland Sunday and I, uh, I'll do something. I'll go downtown or I'll jump yeah. in Lake Erie. I'll do something good. <laughs> I'll do something good for my, cause it's been 10 weeks, almost 11 weeks. So I can't wait for that. Um, and then we got merch. I just got, Oh yeah. Got merch right here. So Fresh. got some Surya stuff coming in. If you go to a uh, store.bigplay.com, my stuff's on there and then you can find me everywhere on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on cameo now. I like cameo a lot. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm basically everywhere. So please, please come watch me do stupid things for your entertainment, please. Awesome. Thanks, sir. Yacht. Fun as always. We'll see you for uh, number four. Yeah, sounds good. Looking forward to number four. Thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. Of course. All right. Thanks to Sir Yacht for taking the time to come on the podcast again for the third time. Really excited for number four. It's always a fun interview with him. And of course, thank you so much to you, the listener, for supporting this podcast. Reminder, episodes out every single Monday. We are on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Be sure to like, subscribe, share so you never miss an episode. I'll talk to you guys on Monday.